you read, as you've read through the Sermon on the Mount, have you heard it preached? What, is you, what are you kind of thinking? What, is, what are your thoughts about what Jesus is trying to do? Are you shocked by any of the things that Jesus has said? Are you challenged by any of the things that Jesus... Uh, by the way, we, uh, I'd like some... Yes, challenged by some of the things. Do you want to sh- share what's... Off the top of my head, I can't really say anything because it's been a while since I've read it, but it has been... I remember feeling challenged by a lot of it in terms of the... Not the harshness of it, but the... Yeah, the tone of it sometimes is a bit... Yeah, yeah, that's really shocking. Okay, yeah, so Jesus... Um, I don't know, I was thinking about this morning, but Jesus doesn't, doesn't hold back, does he? He, he kind of, he takes what has been the bar and he seems like he raises the bar. He said, I haven't come to, Jesus said, I haven't come to dismiss the, the law, but to fulfill the law. And he, he gives a new take on it. In fact, um, if, if, if any of you young people get a little bit bored, you can have a little Google search. I'll give you permission to find out how many times it's said about Jesus that he spoke as one who had authority. Right? You can try and find out. How many times in the Gospels did, Jesus, uh, did it say of Jesus that he spoke like, uh, like somebody who had authority? Or, or the question, wh- where did he get this authority from, this teaching from? Because Jesus spoke in a way that was authoritative. He spoke in a way that was complete, it was different to anything that people had heard before. Because he, he was and is God. He was and is bringing meaning to the old, all the Old Testament scriptures, all the, tr- the, the truth. In fact, people held Moses in high esteem, in high regard. They, they, they loved Moses, right? The, the Jewish people, they loved Moses. The religious leaders, they loved Moses. They compared everything to what Moses said. What Matthew is communicating is he's saying to the people that are listening, I'm going to tell you about somebody who's even greater than Moses. I'm going to tell you somebody about who is even better than Moses, who goes beyond Moses, who is, who is above Moses, who has actually all authority to be able to speak what he's, what he's speaking. That's what Matthew is trying to communicate. So as we read the, 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 the Matthew's Gospel, as we read the Sermon on the Mount, um, Jesus is, is indeed challenging. And some of the tone of which Jesus speaks, I think it can be read as harsh. I think he, he's speaking in a way that is trying to get people's attention. And he's wanting to say, actually, if you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, if you want to be a follower of mine, if you want to be identified with the way of Jesus, my way, then this is what it looks like. This is how you live. Now, the danger is that sometimes it's been said that, well, we read the Sermon on the Mount and it's like, is it just a, a list of to-dos? Is it a way of earning our salvation? Is it a way of just more pressure, more burden upon us to try and fulfill? It's not what Jesus is saying or doing. He's not trying to heap loads and loads of things upon us to do. Because remember, these people are the people that Jesus is talking to are already followers of Jesus. They're, 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 he's speaking to disciples, the gathered crowd. So they're people that have said, "I'm in." They're people that are saying, "Jesus, at this point, did they fully understand who Jesus is? Do you think they fully understood the revelation of who Jesus is as the Son of God who would give his life as a ransom for many? No. But they'd seen enough to say, Jesus, I want to be around you. 
right? So Jesus, and maybe this morning for you or for me, for any of our young people, it's like you, you may not fully understand, but have you seen enough for, Jesus, for you to say, Jesus, I, I, I want in? Right, because Jesus will take you at that point and he'll begin to work in your heart and mind. Okay, so this morning um, we are in uh, Matthew 6, 19 to 24. Um, question before Hannah comes to read it. Is this, this morning we're, we're picking up on what Jesus talks about possessions, about the stuff in our lives. Anybody like stuff, things? Yeah, and like some people, I, I have actually met some people who are not actually that bothered about any, any possessions, that they're just, it doesn't have any appeal to them. But for the majority of us, we like stuff. Yeah? So, question for any of you, right? What's your favorite possession? If I was to say, like, if you were to say one thing, what's your favorite possession? And how would it make you feel if you lost it or I came and took it from you? I'm looking for those with phones out at the moment. <laughs> How would you feel? What's, the, what's your favorite possession? The phone. Is that why you're hiding it? <laughs> it's in your bag. You can have it out, it's fine. All right. I won't take it from you, Naomi. Anybody else? No, sure, your arsenal top. Yeah? Now, I could do a trade. And I could save you from that, Archie, and I could get you a Liverpool top. No? Okay, right, okay. I can, I will. All right, so, you, you, if, so if that was to be taken from you or to lose it, that would be, that'd be devastating. Um, adults, what about your, your favourite possession? Or piece of clothing? Or the, Richard, the television. Ah, well, that's a valid reason. Yeah, yeah, sports. Okay, so television would be a, a, an important possession. How would you feel if that television this afternoon, Richard, blew up? Ah, oh, there is. Yeah. So I, I hear that. Okay. So we. Um, I remember when. Um, so I was at, I was at Elam Bible College. Uh, oh, well, Elam Bible Conference, Bible Week, one year, um, number of years ago, and and I I like jackets. I do, I like, I like coats. In fact, Rachel, will, if she was here, she'd tell you, Ian, you like more than coats, you like a lot of things, all right? Because, I, 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 full disclosure, I love gadgets. I love gadgets, I like jackets, I like bags, I like shoes. Bags! Um, I was gonna get to that as well, Phil. I like bikes. I do, I like push bikes, like, you know, those, those things you actually have to put some effort into getting to go anywhere, I love bikes. So there are, th- there are a lot of things that I like. And as I'm preaching this now, I'm thinking, Ian, you need to get on your knees and repent of all that's going on. Um, but stuff. So I rem- but anyway, I remember this one, mo- this one jacket I had. It was, it, was, it, was, it was magnificent. I'd spent quite a lot of my insignificant uh, earnings of, at that time, about 19 years old. And I went to the Bible, col- uh, Bible conference and, um, and I lost my jacket. Thank you, Mary. That's the kind of response that I was hoping for. Thank you. Um, I lost my jacket. And, um, and actually now, even as I think about the jacket, I'm welling up a bit emotional. Like, it's one of those jackets where I'm just thinking, I love that. And it, honestly, I would still have it and I'd still be wearing it because it was such was the, the quality of the jacket. Um, but the thing is, my life goes on. 
Like, it's, just, it's just a possession. It's just a thing. And sometimes we put so much attachment to things that we think, well, what would happen? Things and people, actually. So let's not just focus this morning upon material goods, but people. People that we have an attachment to that we think that we can't do without. What's that saying about the issues of our heart, where our priorities lie? And this morning, that's what Jesus, I think, wants to get into us and into my heart. So by the way, I've just disclosed the thing, the long list of things that I like and things that are important to me. But what if I was to lose them? What if Jesus was to ask me this afternoon to give my road bike away? I think I'd cry. (laughs) But anyway, Hannah, can we read this passage to us? Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves don't break and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, since neither, since either he will hate and hate one and love the other, or he will be destroyed or he will be devoted to one end despite the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Thank you, Hannah. Awesome. The challenging words of Jesus. Uh, again, another challenging passage. I don't think we can go through the Sermon of the Mount and not stop and go, okay, Jesus, what are you trying to get at? Um, there was a Belgian f- uh, photographer um, a, a little while ago who took on a project, and she decided that she would, um, she, she would photograph every item in her house. She'd go through the whole house, and even down to, you know, she had a couple of children, you know, the hair clips that you have, so she thought every drawer, she'd take it bit by bit, empty it out, and take photographs of every single item. How many items do you think she photographed? 10,000. Not not far off. No, okay, 10,000. Any advance or decrease on 10,000? Eleven thousand, not far off. Okay, so there was twelve. T- sorry, eleven thousand. <laughs> very, very close, Phil. It was actually twelve thousand seven hundred ninety-five items that she photographed in the contents of her house. Eleven, uh, twelve thousand seven hundred ninety-five items. Could you imagine taking on such a project? If you think about your house now, how many items do you think might be in it? So she actually came to the conclusion at the, end of this, uh, at the end of this project that she could actually do without 99% of the items that she'd photographed. Amazing. Like you've got 12,000, nearly 13,000 items and she's saying she could, she could actually do without 99% of the things that were in the house. I don't know about you, but I find that really challenging when I think about the, the things that I desperately need because this is going to make my life so much better and easier. And then I never use them. 
I remember when I was, when I was young, I probably, probably around Archie your age, and, um, and you've probably never heard of this before, right? But I, had a, I, I desperately wanted a Game Gear. Any, no, see, that was exactly the response that I, I was expecting. So think of it like back in ancient times, when I was, when I was young, um, it was like the Nintendo Switch of the day, right? That kind of thing. So like this little thing. And I, and I so wanted it. And my mum and dad would have worked really hard to get that. Do you know what? I probably played with it about 12 times because it was so important that I had to have it but soon and quickly dismissed it. What about your own life? What are the things that you've thought about that you so desperately need? And uh, I'm talking to young and old, like, oh, if only I had that, my life would be so much better. Only to find, actually, it doesn't really fulfill the thing that you thought it would fulfill. It doesn't really make life that much better. And so maybe, just maybe, this morning, Jesus wants us to think about the things that we prioritize, the things that we have, the things that we desire in order that we might be distinct from the people around us. Because you just think about the people that are in your life. So those of you who are going back into school, you think of, and you're going back into the same year, think about the people that are in your, in your class at this moment in time. What do they want that they think will make their life better? For those of you who've got friends and family and neighbors who aren't yet followers of Jesus, what are they put, pinning their hopes on that thinks, if only I can get that, if only I can get an upgrade on my house, if only I can get an upgrade on my car, if only I can get a better guitar, I'll be a great, uh, a great amusement musician. If only I can get a more decent pair of flip-flops, I might be a little bit more like Jesus. For those of you who haven't seen, I'm wearing flip-flops. Like we, we, get, we get sucked into this world that says, if only you had a little bit more, if only you had this, your life would be so much richer and so much better. Now, the, the difficulty is, is that we live in the world, don't we? We live in this world. We are surrounded by stuff, and we need stuff, actually. There are things that we need. We need clothes. We need shoes. We, we, uh, we need exercise, okay? Whether you need to spend thousands of pounds on exercise is another matter. Um, just a moment while I <laughs> undergo a little bit of conviction from the Lord. Um, just the... So we need things. Things are, things are okay. So what is Jesus getting at? We're going to get to that as we go through uh, Jesus' teaching on this matter. Jesus, in this passage, lays out three choices. So this, this morning, if you're looking for a title, I'm saying, this is, what's your choice? You choose. This is your choice. There's some choices that Jesus is laying before us that we need to make as disciples of Jesus. So if we are a card-carrying follower of Jesus... If we're saying, Jesus, I'm all in, I'm yours. Now, by, when I say all in, I don't want you thinking, oh, does that mean I've got to be perfect? I've got to have it all together. Does that mean I've got to somehow be over there at the point when I'm going to be like Jesus and I'm completely perfect? No, it's not that because we all know there's a process and a journey in which we go to be changed and transformed by Jesus. When I say we're all in, we're saying, I have set my course, I have fixed my gaze, I have set my heart to follow after you, Jesus, and give everything I am to walk with you. And he's so gracious, isn't he? Because he works with us in the mess of our lives, in the stuff that grabs a hold of our attention. Uh, he, he works with us to lead us through to a greater place of freedom and joy and hope and grace and power in him. So, the first choice is this. 
you have to choose between treasures. Jesus says, don't lay up, so there's a negative and a positive here. He says, don't lay up treasures for yourselves on earth. Now, what does that mean? Because that's quite broad, isn't it? Jesus doesn't say, well, this is what I mean when I talk about treasure. Because then we could say, oh, well, Jesus, you didn't talk about you know, cycling in this passage. And so therefore, it's okay for me to pursue those things. You can fill in the gaps. I think Jesus is deliberately laying down a principle for us, not giving us a list of things that this, this includes. Because what is a treasure? Well, actually, Meg, for a tre- a tr- your treasure might be a little bit different to my treasure. Because it's something that God has captivated your heart, or Archie, or Jack, or, or Elijah. It could be, what is the thing that grabs a hold of your attention? The treasures that you are, you are banking on security, of value, of worth, all of those things that we kind of pin our hopes on. Think, if only I had that, life would be perfect. So what's your treasure? Because Jesus is saying, actually, the stuff of this world, the material world, is just stuff. We cannot take it with us. He says, actually, the stuff, the material stuff of this life, it will rust, it will fade, it will, it even has chance to be stolen. Anybody ever had any of your possessions stolen? Yeah, there's a few. Have experienced that. It's, it's horrible, isn't it? It's, it, it? It violates a sense of, like, what's going on in that moment? Because we feel, even feel the sense of loss and grief. Because it's a, a possession. It's something that we hold. Jesus is saying, actually, those things are liable to decay. And they are liable to loss. We think about treasure not just in terms of material possessions, but also people. The people that we, we say that, well, we can't do without what would happen? What would happen to me? My life would be over if, if you weren't here. What kind of pressure are we putting on somebody? Because it, it, it relays something of a treasure and importance, of value that we're placing on somebody or something else. So this word treasure is about what we value most. It's about what we prioritize most. And Jesus is saying the things that of this world, the temporal things, the things that will decay, Don't give too much energy and effort into trying to keep and store and sustain. Now, the issue here is not, Jesus is not saying don't have stuff. Jesus is actually just, he's against selfish accumulation of stuff. Because in the selfish accumulation of stuff, we're putting our our, our sense of security and identity, our worth, our value in the accumulation of things. So many people live that way. They think, if only I could have more, I would be even more significant. And that, 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 that I think that's not just a rich or a poor issue. I, I think it's common to each and every one of us, whether we have loads or we have, well, we have very little. I think there's always this drive within us to think, if only I had. And so Jesus is against um, the selfish accumulation of stuff. Now, the thing is that Jesus does know what we need. Because we do have needs. There are things that we need. We need to pay the bills. We need to pay the mortgage. We need to put food on the table. We need, to, we need clothes. We need things that are going to be helpful in living as part of, a society, of society. So Jesus is not against st- the stuff. He's, what he is driving at is that our attitude towards stuff should be different. And so he, then he goes and says, um, 
Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Well, what does that mean? Again, Jesus is really broad and vague. Anybody want to have a guess about what Jesus is, is actually driving at when he says, lay up treasures for yourself in heaven? Great. Yeah, so there's, a, there's an eye on eternity. There's an eye on that which is to come. So the things that Jesus holds with value... So, uh, you, uh, any thoughts about what that might? Yeah. 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 Good. So it's, it is. It's a prioritizing of, of relationship. It's a. When, so when we talk about storing up treasure in heaven, like we, the more that we think of ourselves as pilgrims in this world, the easier it will be to store up treasures in heaven. If we think we're settlers and this is all that we have, then that's all that we live for. That's why many of your friends and colleagues and others live in such a way as they think that, that, is, that this is all there is, so why not accumulate? Now, that is no judgment. There's no condemnation out there because actually if those, are, if those people who are outside and aren't followers of Jesus, we don't hold them to the same account. We can't. They have a different value, different worldview, different understanding of how life and faith is lived out. And so... The choice is, do we live for stuff or do we live for the things of eternal value? The things that one day when we meet Jesus, he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, the thing about this is, it's not about the rewards. I think the treasure is Jesus himself. I think it's our pursuit of Jesus. He is, he is heaven. He is all that is good. He is all that we need in the context of the community in which he's placed us within. And he provides our needs within the context of the community in which we're placed. So for whether you've been walking with Jesus for years or young people who are about to go into a new school year or go into a new school, you're going to be faced with all kinds of distractions. Your peers are going to want the latest Nike trainers. They, they, may, they may pursue, I don't know what, how much do night trainers cost nowadays? Like, the, if you could have the, like, the best night trainers, how, how much are you looking? How much? A few hundred. Wow. No. <laughs> A few hundred quid. Wowzers. Um, how's Primark? <laughs> A few hundred quid, though, that's, that's big, right? Because then that creates a whole kind of pressure, doesn't it? When some kids have that stuff, you're kind of thinking, well, if only I had that. By the way, I, 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 I have once upon a time been through school. I know you might not believe me, adults. I have. I have been through school. Um, and I understand some of those pressures about things. I understand, like, the shoe issue and the, the blade and all that kind of stuff. It's a real challenge because you want to fit in. You want, you want to be liked. And it's not wrong. But I think that one of the, cha one of the um, challenges for us is how do we, together, help us to navigate this stuff? Because it's as true as it is for our young people, it's true for us. The latest things that captivate our attention and we think, if only. Okay, so the choice is, as God's people... As disciples of Jesus, will we put our, our, all our eggs into the, the here and the now basket? Or will we put all our eggs into the 
the now and the not yet basket. The, the one, the, the kingdom that is, is coming and is to come. King Jesus. That's the choice we have to make. The second choice that Jesus gives us, and I am going to come into uh, close in a moment, uh, is this, is choose between um, two visions. So he talks about eyes. Now, Jesus, this is, this is fairly tricky to kind of navigate. Have you ever read this and gone, Jesus, what are you want about? Like, it's, it's a, but what he's trying to do is link up the, the attitude and the focus of the heart that he's been dealing with in the treasures, and he's using the eyes to say the things that you focus on will be the things that you become. The thing that you give your heart's attention to and devotion to is what you become. And so you've got to choose between what you're going to focus on. Are you going to focus on the, uh, the, the, the stuff of treasures on earth or the treasures of that which is to come? Because this issue, in fact, all of Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount is not simply about getting people to m- perform morally right. It's about the transformation of the innermost part, the, the heart, the, the who we are. It's about, I think this is about for our formation. Because what we look at what we pursue, what we desire, what we value brings, brings shape to our life. So if you want to know what somebody truly believes, look at how they behave. Look at how they respond. Look at how they, where they invest their money. Look at where they... And that's as true for you as it is for me. Because our actions are shaped by our inner beliefs. By what we truly believe and who we truly are. And so Jesus is saying, you make a choice. Let's make a choice today. Because where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. So the heart reveals an awful lot. The heart reveals an awful lot about what we think, believe, value, and our priorities. Now, today's a new day. We, we can't actually do much about what happened yesterday, because it's gone. We can't do much about the attitudes and thoughts and ways of behavior that were, whether it's literally yesterday or in years gone by, we can't do much about that. What we can do is we can make a choice today. We can say, Jesus, actually, yeah, I recognize that there are some things in my life that have been a distraction. There have been a, a greater priority than giving my, my attention, my full devotion to you. And so, Jesus, today I want you to do something in my heart. I want, to, I want my focus and my vision to be realigned so that actually the things that I look upon will give shape to my internal life. And as, your, as our internal life is shaped, we begin to act and operate in a way that is, I think, decidedly different to the, uh, to the people around us because we think differently. Our worldview is shaped by the thing of the kingdom. Finally... Uh, no, just one, one thing. Um, no, I'll move on. Actually, uh, finally, the, uh, the choice between two masters. So you see how Jesus is taking all of these things and he's saying that the, 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 the choice is that we have to make is where your treasure, don't, don't lay up treasures on earth, lay up treasures in heaven. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be good, your whole life will be good, your whole heart will be good. That's the seat of everything that we are will be good because of his grace and his life, uh, his mercy, his kindness being outworked in us. And so he lands it then and says, you've got a choice, two, two masters. Now, this isn't about an employment issue. This actually, the word that is used is, is as it relates to a slave who would have, um, would have no rights, actually, and have no freedom. Jesus is saying, you choose who will be your master. 
because we can't serve both things. Jesus, Jesus here doesn't give us a middle ground. He doesn't say, well, Jesus, I, 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 can, do, I can do the righteous thing on Sundays, and I'm all good with that. I can be, give, I can sing, I can pray, I can raise my hands. And, and then on the Monday to Saturday, I can just do what I like with my other things. And that's, that's okay because it's my stuff and all of that. And, and so somehow find the middle ground. Jesus doesn't actually give us that option of finding the middle ground when it comes to who we're going to serve. He just says, make a choice. Because you can't serve things and, you're, and devotion to others and serve me. Actually, what Jesus is drilling down at is loyalty. Who are you going to be loyal to? Because for Jesus, it's always about loyalty to him. The beautiful thing about Jesus is as we journey through the Gospels, we'll see that he, he is so gracious to the disciples when they make a mistake. When they get it wrong, when they mess up, when they don't understand. Because you and I, we won't understand everything. But he graciously works with us in order that as he did with them that we might come into the fullness of the life that he's promised us it's interesting about the decay bit that he says about treasures I don't know about you but when I, I know that when my life has been out of sync and out you know wrong priorities it's felt like it's caused decay to my heart anybody else like that it just does something, doesn't it, to your inner, when you know that your priorities are out of whack and you, you're focused upon other things because the things that you focus on will lead you down that path. So you, I've just told you I like cycling. If I'm on my bike, I'm looking at where I'm going because if I'm not looking at where I'm going, it doesn't matter where my handlebars are pointed. If, if, I'm, if I'm looking a certain direction, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it because it's, our vision gives us a steer of where we're going. And so Jesus is saying, you make a choice. let's make a choice today. Because the one, area, one, one choice will lead to slavery. The other choice will lead to freedom. And Jesus is laying out for us the pathway, I believe, for a life of freedom. A life that is uninhibited, uninhibited by the things of this world because our focus is upon that which is to come that plays itself out in the here and the now. So it's not that we just sit back and wait for heaven to come and to be with Jesus. It's actually that we allow heaven and the influence of heaven to begin to shape how we live in the here and the now in regards to the things that we own. And so how do we, how do we practice the way, of, the way of Jesus in all of this? Well, I think it connects in with some of our, um, our values as at OCC, um, hospitality, I think, is, is, is huge. Not just in terms of our home, because that, that, that may or may not be appropriate at certain points of life and time, but hospitality being open in our lives and with, us, with, our, with who we are. Generosity, I think, feeds into that. Generosity within the context of our community where we actually see that maybe others have need. And do we, if we have some resources, because... Jesus isn't saying don't have stuff. He's just saying watch your heart when you do. So the question is, do we have possessions or do possessions have us? Because if we've got possessions, how do we use them? And how, Well, we've all got possessions. But how do we use them for the glory of God and for the extending of his kingdom? How do we benefit others with what we have? Do we hold them lightly or tightly? And then I think prayer. I don't think much happens without 
being a praying people. And what does that look like? Well, I think it looks like confession, repentance, and believing in Jesus. That, conf- that confession bit is confess what is real. Like the moment we get real with ourselves, I think it's the moment that God is able to step in. I think when we repent, it's about changing our mind and changing our focus, saying, I once thought like this, but now I'm going to think like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are better than anything else that can be offered. I believe that life in you is far greater than anything else. So some questions for you to consider as I close. Is there currently anyone or anything uh, that you are valuing or I am valuing more than uh, my pursuit of Jesus? Is there anyone or anything? You don't have to answer this out loud, by the way. This is maybe just some things for you to consider. If I, um, and I have to say this, if I, if I was to go through my bank statement, um, excluding necessary expenses such as rent, mortgage, food, bills, all the other bits that, you know, be just necessary, um, what, would, um, what would it reveal about my priorities? What would it reveal about where my heart is? And is there anything that I need to address as a result of what I've heard? Is there anything that the Holy Spirit has been provoking in you? And I'm asking this question myself as I've been sharing, what is being provoked to change and address? What will you do and who will you tell? What will you do and who will you tell? And believe me when I say that God's grace is sufficient for us. His grace is bigger, his power is greater. And his life is far better than you can ever begin to dream or understand. And I think that's the invitation of Jesus today. Is that as we reprioritize our lives, we'll step into the life he intended. I'm going to pause. I'm going to stop. I've said a lot. Probably said too much. Um, But any, any questions... Anything that hasn't been clear, anything that you, any of you listened to and go, actually, I'm not really sure what you mean there, Ian. If there isn't, either you're really shy or I've done a good job. Oh, I wasn't looking for the compliment, but thank you, Simon. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if the, I, take those questions, let's ponder them. Because I believe that Jesus has called us as his people, not just OCC, but the church, the church globally, to be a distinct people on the face of the earth. And we get to play our part. And so Jesus, may you, uh, may you be at work in our hearts and lives today as we surrender to you afresh, as we go back and we ponder about the things that we have and how we use them. Lord, I thank you that you have graciously given. You've graciously given us so much. Thank you for what we do have, whether it's, it's, it's little or, or, or a lot. May we be thankful for what we have and may we hold it lightly that we may use it for your glory, for the benefit of others, so that we might have possessions, but possessions might not have us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.